All right, we are live. Welcome. This is episode 69. Welcome to Teaching Python. My name's Sean Tiber. I am a coder that teaches. And my name's Kelly Schuster Paredes, and you can't really see it, but I'm a I'm a teacher that codes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this week we're gonna be talking all about teaching with PyCharm EDU, and we're joined by the amazing Valentina Karushkina today to talk all about how we can use PyCharm EDU inside the classroom, outside the classroom, around the world. It's really great, uh, a really great tool for teachers. So Valentina, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to uh, to dig into this. I know that this continues our, our EDU series for IDEs, right? Which I guess is a bit of a mouthful, but all about using editors to teach and that's something that we don't always talk about. We usually focus on the the features of the editor. This is a way we can talk about how that editor can be used to teach more effectively. So we're really excited to pick your brain and learn some new things and, and find out more about this uh, amazing tool for our classrooms. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start though with the way we always do, which is the win of the week, and that's something good that's happened inside or outside of the classroom. And Valentina, we'd love for you to go first because that's part of our fun is making the guest try to figure out what to share. So, okay. So, I thought about what to share with you because I'm not a teacher in as an it's not my employment, and so but I want to share something about teaching and learning. So today I want to share my win in learning. I moved uh, to Germany a month ago, and I don't speak much German. I'm trying, but now I, I don't. And the one thing that I was, I, I thought I was missing when I was moving, uh, there's small talks on the street. Because I have a dog, and it's always lots of small talks, and I really like to just, just go by and say a couple of words to one or that, and so on. So I thought I will be missing it, but yeah. Uh, day before yesterday, I got a German small talk with a woman and I didn't switch to English. I said two sentences. I understand, understood something, but it was like a real win because I said, I, I can live here. I can live here. Maybe my German will be better. And yeah, so that's my, that's my win of the week. That's that really is... great. Absolutely. I, I remember when I used to go to Berlin and when I go to Hamburg to visit some family. They always look at me like I speak German. My kids are German with a German passport, but I know nothing. I am like, <laughs> guten Morgen, tschüss. And then they start speaking and I'm like, nein, nein, no sprechen in Deutsch. Entschuldigung. So good for you. Um, that is a very hard language. I've tried to do a couple of words in uh, Duolingo and it is definitely your tongue gets a little bit twisted. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I took two years of high school German and it was, I think I've spent 48 hours in Germany. So I was able to order a beer and I was able to ride the t the train and, and both were successful. I didn't get lost and I wasn't sober. So it was great. <laughs> yeah. It's always a win. So for you, Kelly, was how about your win this week? Oh, I had such a fun, fun, fun win. So I had my last class challenge in sixth grade. And I really like this challenge because it incorporates a lot of research and a completely new skill that I don't even teach to the students. And it's about working with hardware and breadboard and LED. 
And I set the kids up with this challenge. It's a piece of paper that tells the instructions. Your job is to take the microbit and light up an external LED. But that's the easy part because there's tutorials out there. Go ahead and do it. And the, the idea is you need to explain that to someone like me or another 10-year-old and name all the parts and code a little bit extra than the tutorial. And it's one of those things that we were talking about with Barbara Oakley about this whole endorphin rush. And I got on camera two pictures of my students when they got the LED because it takes them about 65 minutes to find the tutorial. And all of a sudden, this one student goes, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and the other girls, because it's it's more a little bit more challenging, a little bit more points than normal. And I actually got the photos up. Oh, I had to have them stop for a second and freeze. They thought they were in trouble, but I snapped the photo when they got it. And it's just a great moment to see. And I, I look forward to that day every time. So <laughs> it was good. It was a good cool. win. <laughs> cool. That, that's so awesome. And, and we've seen that happen. Like when you see that happen, that's when you see the kids really get excited about it. Before that, they've, they can't see that feeling they can't see it get there and so it feels like it's never going to happen and then it does and it's they just get so excited about that and we spend a lot of time reflecting on on how do you feel right now and like why why do you like doing that and then i love to tell them i still feel that way coding 25 <laughs> years later when something works or you get it and you just feel like, yeah you know I did. <laughs> yeah. that's that's always me in the background going <laughs> and and the thing is i tell them it doesn't have to be anything monumental it's not like you just solved some crazy hard big problem when you do that you should celebrate also but it can be just as simple as finding a bug that's been troubling you for hours or days or whatever and when you get it right it feels amazing absolutely yeah. and we're going to put that that tutorial in the show notes if you do it with uh it's one from adafruit with the red yellow and green stoplight if you let them try to find it on their own it's a little bit more fun <laughs> a little <laughs> harder to do and then to let them figure it out when they they have to turn the led legs around so that it's um aligned correctly with the positive and the the negative on the breadboard so it's such a fun little tutorial for 10 year olds so mm -hmm. Nice. For me, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I have three little wins that I want to share because <laughs> I couldn't decide. It was, it's been a really good week as we get towards the end of the school year. The first thing I have to mention is that we attended PyCon virtually. PyCon US was virtual this year and it was amazing. I, I was just really impressed with how well it came together, how well planned it was, how well the platform worked for connecting people and how well the PyCon community leaned into all these little meetups and networking events and everything. And it was really a lot of fun to go pop into a table somewhere and just see who would who would join on and, and video chat with you. So I know Kelly had um, <laughs> guys, Dan, Dan Bader and, Dan and Bader Chris and Chris, yeah. yeah, they were such good sports talking to my seventh and our seventh and eighth grade robotics uh, students. And they were asking these questions about how to hack into firmware. And I said, I, I, I'm sorry. These are these kids that I can't answer these questions. And Christopher was just like... That's a fun question. <laughs> and I said, see what I deal with every day. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, so PyCon was amazing this year. And I know that we all wish it could be in person and I still do. And I, I'm hopeful for Salt Lake City for the next two years and going back to Pittsburgh for the two years after that. There have been some really amazing moments that have happened virtually. And I really think kind of everybody involved deserves a round of applause to to pull off a virtual event of that size and do it so well and with such excellence was was really a cool uh feat to accomplish so uh, congratulations to everyone who's been working on that well-deserved rest i'm sure for a bit <laughs> afterwards so that was my first win the second win was my new adafruit subscription box came in and speaking of of breadboards and everything like that, it got me excited again to break out the breadboard and start wiring up some circuits and everything because it's all about home automation, IoT. It's got this really cool board called a Funhouse that has a bunch of sensors on it. And then there's some really cool tutorials that are set up to help you connect that to online services and have things like if this, then that trigger off other things. So when the temperature goes above this level in the room to send a text message to me or something like that. And <laughs> I really, I really love this sort of thing. And so I'm excited to break out the breadboard and get going with it. The last thing that, that I wanted to share was just a kind of this mini win today. I was going through and grading these responses to an assignment that I gave that's an ongoing two to three week assignment where students are following tutorials and really setting their own direction. We mentioned this on the Barbara Oakley podcast episode last week, but it's really about how people navigate and what they do and, and finding their own path to learning and having some support of this tutorial. So I've asked the students to post a discussion board comment each day. So there's an online discussion board. They have to post a comment. Here's what I learned. Here's what I figured out. And I change up some of the questions and everything. And, you know, one of the students asked me, Hey, can like, how do you want us to write this? Is it a couple of sentences? Is it a, is it a bullet list, whatever? And I said, look, as long as you're answering the question, you can write it however you want. Even if you want to make it like a dear diary entry, like that'll be fine. So the one of my students made it a dear diary entry and so she wrote it in the voice of this kind of ditzy girl writing to her diary all about coding in python it's like dear diary i'm so excited i was so tempted to, to pull you out during class and write about all the things that i'm learning with python and it was it was the the most amazing thing so i posted one of those to the twitter to my twitter account because it just was such a creative way to have fun and it makes it made me so happy to see that my student was having fun coding and learning and, and being creative. And it, that's just a sign that things are going well for that particular student. So it's pretty, pretty exciting and pretty fun. So that's my, my triple win over the last uh, week or so. Yeah. You, you took so, them all. So we don't know, you've got us, we don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like three wins. Yeah. Three, three wins. wins. I, I mean, he's greedy. It was, it was a, it was a great week. I mean, <laughs> I met Bechamel yesterday. It's in my small week. So <laughs> my, my small win. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I I have when I have moved and feeling at home in my new place, that's a huge win. Even and it takes some some of those small details to yeah. feel like you found a place. So yeah. I love your win. What, let's go into fails though. I mean, why not? <laughs> why, not <laughs> why not share the other side? Kelly, do you have a fail you can share this week? I'm trying to think. It was such a short week. <laughs> And I, I only had went to school two days. So <laughs> yeah, no, I can't think of anything yet. Me, I'll come back to me. I'll pass for a second. <laughs> I think your 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 win and your fail was definitely getting hit by the COVID shot <laughs> this week, right? Oh, yes, I, 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 yes, I did. I uh, was out Tuesday 
in bed for seven hours after the second shot of my vaccination. So that was a win and a fail. So oh, she- controllable illness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything uh, from it, you? Or? Yeah, for me, really, the, the fail this week was was not having something working right in time for a meeting. And so I was I was working on demoing this little program that I'm making and I didn't quite have it working the night before or the the day before when I left for school. So it was a sprint up until about midnight to get something that I could demo for the next morning's meeting. And I pulled it off, but definitely the fail was having to be up until midnight figuring it out. That's usually not a sign that it's going. So <laughs> oh better luck next time. Yeah. Uh, as for me, again, something from now from teaching world, world, I'm teaching my dog. It's the only teaching experience I'm having now. <laughs> but the fail is that it, previously in St. Petersburg, where I lived months ago and before, before seven years, we, we had some kind of everyday training, sm- small training sessions. Like it, it was some kind of a discipline. And I wanted to do the same here. And as I moved, I took a break for two weeks or so. And this week should be the week when we when I decided that we should go back to our routine. Uh, we didn't because <laughs> it was it was good for Monday and Tuesday, but then may I forgot. I forgot maybe because I was too tired or or something changed in my routine, but still and I've so I forgot. Yes, I forgot. Okay, maybe. Maybe I didn't forget yesterday, but I'm not sure. So uh, for me, it was like routine is broken. Everything is broken. We should start from from the beginning. Uh, yeah. And it's important for him because he has some behavioral problems and we should, we should do er- anything regularly. <laughs> Otherwise, it won't work. <laughs> Consistency yeah. is key, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Learning with anything, animals, kids, adults, that routine, that consistency, the, the constant timing and reward system is always a, a must. So, yeah, get back on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope we will. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, why don't we why don't we jump into our our topic then? And Valentina, what, if you could, can you give us a little bit more of a, an introduction for yourself? What's your background in coding? How did you come to work on PyCharm EDU and and at JetBrains? Just so folks get a sense of of your history and and journey to this point. Okay. So actually, I fell in love with programming on my 10th t- grade in school when I solved my first first equ- equation, like a very simple one. But I w- then I started to learn it at my uh, university in Siberia. Uh, then I moved uh, to St. Petersburg to continue my education. And then I had the special courses from JetBrains where I really, really learned how to do real... Uh, real programming and came as an intern at JetBrains and when this PyCharm EDU project was one year or even less and I just my task was to write some integration for PyCharm with another website with cool coding exercises called Check.io but Okay, we still have this integration, though it's it's good. Yeah, and that's and so I'm at JetBrains for six years, I think. I worked initially in PyCharm itself, partly and partly in the PyCharm EDU, and then I switched completely to 
to PyCharm EDU, and so I'm still here. So in sh shortly, that's that's how it just quite straightforward. <laughs> wow, is there? And so, oh, sorry, go Kelly, ahead, go, go ahead, go ahead, Kelly. I got it. All right. So, and I'm probably jumping all out of order for Sean. And but is there a difference in the view of PyCharm EDU and regular PyCharm for developers? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. what one of the ideas to simplify interface a little bit, because in PyCharm, PyCharm has huge of features, functions, and so on. And for we thought that for the beginner, it could be a little bit uh, too much. Uh, I, I think when you start programming, it's always uh, the problem that you just come to some to some tool and you see, okay. It's for real profs. I'm too stupid to this. I will never do this. Okay, so <laughs> let's ah, let's do something that I'm capable of and just cry and so, so on. But uh, yeah, so we, we wanted to just to simplify a little bit this first step and to make to make maybe this experience not too scary. But I think PyCharm itself now doing doing good things to simplify its interface. But at that time, maybe it was. Mm, it was two more like significant difference in interface. Cool. Sorry, I only I've only seen the PyCharm EDU. That's the only one I've used. So <laughs> oh, cool. I had to get that cleared right away out of my brain <laughs> so I can move on with the conversation. <laughs> so so give us a little bit of the the summary of PyCharm EDU. So we we know that there's there's some differences between PyCharm and, and PyCharm EDU. But what's the what's kind of the key purpose of PyCharm EDU as an editor, and and how did it become distinct and separate from PyCharm? Yeah, so the basically the idea of PyCharm EDU was to combine powerful tools of PyCharm with some functionality to learn to help people learn and teach with this tool. So it includes full functionality of the regular PyCharm like debugging, code highlighting, typo highlighting, and so on. But at the same time, as I said, we simplified the interface, but also we created a special structure to help people to create courses there. So, which means that you can, as a teacher, create a course, create a course and share it with the student and student can see this course or can, you can share it somewhere privately and you can, and this is the special structure. When I say this, I mean that you, you can create a course, consists of lessons, consists of tasks, and each task is just some coding exercise, or now we have other types of tasks. So it's just, it looks like a regular PyCharm project, but we just created stuff to make, uh, to make it more suitable for creating courses. Very cool. Cool. Is that done in, that's in, inside the, the PyCharm application? The courses uh, or no? Uh, yeah. I, I, it is. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I want just a, a small disclaimer. Edu tools is set for different languages, and I'm trying uh, to talk today only about Python. But if I, I I can switch to something else, but I try try just to keep straight uh, the Python. So it works with other our products with other our IDs, but if we're talking about PyCharm, yes, it's a functionality that you have exactly in PyCharm. You have just special actions to like start 
start learning and you can choose one of the courses that we already have or courses from our integrations or create your own Very so cool. just just inside it yeah, and I think that may be important for some of our, our teachers to note or educators is that, especially if you're just learning Python and you've heard of PyCharm, it's JetBrains makes more than just Python editors. There's, yeah. you know what, Java, Kotlin, C, there's all these other languages with dedicated editors for them. And then a lot of educational products to support those as well. So it's part of this broader ecosystem of editors, yeah. not just one product by one company. It's There's a lot going on here, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you use some of them, you can just go to plugins and find EDU tools and install it and it will work. So, for example, if you're a user of PyCharm uh, community, you can just go to plugins and install it and you don't have to install a separate IDE if you don't want to. So it's no problem. That's great. Uh, I'm like in my, sorry, I, I you make me jump in when you tell the, when when we do these podcasts. I'm jumping into PyCharm right now. Sorry, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to put it away. Sorry, I'm focusing. <laughs> it's one of those things. So I have PyCharm, I have VS Code and Terminal, and our our baby editor Moo on my dock. And I've been trying to learn a little bit of of both because or a little bit of everything because a lot of our students like to adventure out past the the baby editor or the young newbie editor that we use is Moo. And when they venture out, I, I used to get scared. So now I try to like always look at them and use okay. them. So. <laughs> so, so within the education spaces, are the courses this ideal way of using PyCharm EDU? Are there other ways that teachers use it as a way to demonstrate code or to run their own code? So because it's a full featured editor, are there ways that you've seen teachers using PyCharm EDU that has been more effective or specific uh, effective ways? Yeah. The one story that we, I, I can't remember when, but we saw the talk uh, on PyCon Australia, where the teacher shared her experience in using PyCharm in her classroom. And it was, as I remember, it was just a regular thing, creating course and sharing it with the with students. So I think typical workflow is that you create your course and it's like set of tasks dedicated maybe for some specific topic. For example, you want just to give some exercises to practice. And in this course, you have your task with description and some tests for self-assessments or just test that not for self-assessment just the whole covering tests and you gave the you give this course to your students and they can solve it themselves and just to have an instant feedback so i think it's one of the one of the ways to uh, to use it but also it can be used for home assignments, for, for maybe some checking how, how really, how they understood the, the topic you talk about. So I think one of this is just to create your own course, share it for your purposes. Another thing that may be not, not obvious if you're not working inside it, that we have our open courses like introduction to python for example and this course consists of basic things about python its syntax basic structures and so on 
and our license allows you to use it for your own purposes. So have some materials from us and distribute it to your students. Or for example, we have cases when people just translated it to their language and share it with, with students. So I see like these types of using it. Very cool. And, and that's, that's really helpful because for a lot of, of teachers, especially in this space, we're coming up with our own, our own curriculum. We're coming up with our own lessons. And I know for Kelly and I, we've spent a lot of time going through different lessons, different materials, different, like different parts of it. And it's been really hard to kind of come up with the best examples or the things that work well for us. So having that library of coding is, is really helpful because you can look at things that have been working well and use the things that work well for you. We've got some um, comments in the live chat right now. Miraj has said a little bit about paying attention to Kotlin for data uh, from our conversation about the different, different tools that are available. We have someone saying, I can't read that. I'm sorry. It's not, not my alphabet. Understand it. But, <laughs> <laughs> But saying that PyCharm is pretty convenient for state exams too. So you can use it as a, as a way to prep for exams and being ready oh, for cool. that. Oh, cool. So that's kind of a cool thing, right? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Examine them for informatics. Oh, okay. Very cool. And then Ryan was saying that the he's heard, heard a lot about JetBrains and EDU tools. So this is something that's not just new. It's been around for a while. It's cool. something that is Thank established. You. That's cool. We have comments saying who's the tar target audience, I guess auditory, but audience for this product and course, is it school pupils? Is it people in university looking for CS degrees? What's the age range that seems to work pretty well from what you've seen for this? I, I think I think it, it really depends on your course and what, what you want to share. So we don't have any, any strict age like how to say age, age requirements age requirements yeah thank yeah. you well but, uh -huh. go ahead yeah okay but we haven't designed this tool just for for using exactly in the classroom because we are developers and our idea was like to share knowledge to have a platform to share knowledge for developers for anyone who just wanted to who, who just wanted to share some piece of knowledge they j just learned with others so it was like yeah. uh, so it's not for school pupils exactly so it it can be suitable for for different people okay i just want to say we have a couple of seventh graders that use it we when we went to pycon two years ago three years whatever two, yeah two years we, ago now. yeah we went to the jet brains booth and and I was like, okay, I'm going to try. And Sean was like, oh, try this one. And I'm like, no, I'm going to try this one. I'm going to try something different because I always try to do something different than Sean. And, and I use it. And we have a seventh grader who loves it. And we are laughing cool. back and forth because <laughs> Sean Sean will say, "There's, it's fit for everyone. He's very he's very easygoing. And he's but I use this one. And I'm like, I use that one. So <laughs> we do have a couple seventh graders. And I was just looking at some of these educational products on the on the website and it's pretty cool to get you started so just talking about plugins and things like that I personally like using it because I don't get lost in my virtual environment somehow in here it just <laughs> works I, I don't really understand very well virtual environments so sometimes when I was I installing <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when I was installing packages I was um, installing in the right folder 
And I just, it's very easy. I can work in my terminal or put my Python packages in it. So when they get out of Moo, which is our our sixth grade editor that we use, Nick Tolervey always says, if they start asking really serious questions, as in how do I get my files packaged or why can I install this library in Moo, then he says, it's time to move on. So I guess for me, if I was answering this question is if the student wants to do more than the editor can provide, it's time to move on to PyCharm, regardless of whether they're 10 years old or 18 years old. If they're ready, just throw them in there. They're really comfortable finding their way better than me. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks for your experience. Thank you very much. Oh. And we had uh, one here from Ryan. He says he's teaching Python in clubs in summer camp, so he's not directly affiliated with a school, and therefore he hasn't been able to gain access. He says it's not part of the national curriculum in this country. Coding isn't. And so he's working to change that. And so cool. he asked how he can gain access. And it sounds like there's two paths, either to download PyCharm EDU directly or to download PyCharm Community Edition and then install the EDU tools yeah. in the in the environment as a plugin, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, but I think first is is simpler way, but yeah, both both works. Okay, both and work, maybe yeah. what we can do is is follow up afterwards. So Ryan, if you have some stuff that you're specifically not able to figure out, we'll we'll get you connected with the right support or help sure, to be able sure. to, to we'll get be that happy working. To help. Yeah. And Ryan, just a little plug in for Ryan, because he's been an active follower. He's He's been trying to do some really good things in the community and getting some of his coders into or some of his students into coding. So it's it's really great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that he connected with us because we are, Kelly and I are lucky to be part of a school that is emphasizing coding and has made it part of the curriculum. But so many young people are getting their first steps in coding through programs like what Ryan is doing, where it's after school or it's on a weekend or a club. And maybe their parents are dropping them off thinking like, hey, my kid's pretty good with this. And maybe they'd like programming. And that's the first steps in a maybe a lifelong journey of coding and, yeah. and thinking. It's so yeah. it's people like Ryan that are making that happen. And, and so we're really glad that he's he's connected with us. So I think we have a couple other questions. Oh, and, and Ryan says, thank you guys. Love what you do. Huge fan. <laughs> you had to post like, that one. That's mutual, good. Mutual love fest. <laughs> so let's see here. So moving on a little bit just to well, talk about. I, oh, go ahead. That's go a ahead, good go question to lead to. So, for example, if there are people um, out there who are who are doing nonprofit clubs or whatever, is there a place where educators can actually talk to you guys about a direction of your development or some projects that they, is there a link or a way to contact? Yeah. So we have basically two ways. We have open issue tracker. So you can come here anytime with bugs, comments, anything like this and it's the shortest way to get to the right developer so if some interface doesn't work hello i'm here to help you <laughs> yeah but it's one of the way another way is to contact our support team and i think ilnur is my colleague and he's helping to, he should help today to answer question questions too so you can contact our support team so yeah, I think this two ways and we are really happy to communicate with everyone. We like feedback. 
<laughs> and it's a, it's an interesting thing because because PyCharm's not an open source project. It's not it's something that that's a business that's made in selling selling software, but you have these these aspects of it that are open. So even if the source code isn't necessarily open in a lot of cases, the issue tracker, the feedback cycles, all of those things are designed to be as open as possible. Yeah, so I think part of the PyCharm is open. So we have two two PyCharm editions. First is community and it's open source. And another is professional. And of course, as it's sold, it is is, is closed. It's not open source. PyCharm EDU is open source. You can find us on a GitHub and you can write issue even there, but you track is much, much faster. <laughs> that is what <laughs> we read every day. Yeah. No. But if you're interested in how, how it's all built, but we are on a GitHub, so you're welcome. Huh? And But Tracker, yeah, Tracker is open for all our IDs and you can go and file back for any of them, like something doesn't work fix so here here's a question for you how much of yeah. pycharm is coded in python oh, oh, oh i don't think <laughs> i don't think much i'm sorry i'm sorry to disappoint you but uh, i think small parts of the debugger and that's it maybe i'm wrong but my knowledge is five years old but something like that most of the most of the pycharm and other ids are java slash Kotlin. It's mm -hmm. our GVM-based uh, language. I'm Are the EDU tools also in Java and Kotlin, like the, the plugin, the EDU tools part of it, or is that yeah. have elements of Python in it too? Yeah, yeah. So if you're going a, bit, a little bit of this, my work, in, <laughs> my, work, <laughs> my work in life. So all these tools are based on the uh, common uh, platform called IntelliJ, IntelliJ platform. And this is in Java. And so all other IDE, they are using parts of this platform. So they are also in uh, Java or Kotlin. And so uh, plugins are also in Java or Kotlin. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. And it looks like Anastasia from JetBrains is also on the live chat also. So she provided a direct link to your email address for, for support on the education part of it too. So if anybody's looking for that, it's education at JetBrains.com. So kind of a cool thing that we have so many different ways that you can get in touch with folks at JetBrains to get what you need. Excellent. Go ahead, Kelly. I think we have a couple other questions on the list that we can, oh, uh, we can go ahead hit the questions. Okay. So let's hear, we've talked about ways that teachers are using it, some really cool ways like from PyCharm Australia. And we've talked about how educators can inform the direction of your development. Do you have any new features, anything new that have, has come out recently that teachers should check out, things that are, are helpful for either their own development or for their own teaching? So here it was it was a hard question for me really because I wanted I wanted to highlight not new but features that teachers want to want yeah. to use and it was hard for me to just choose something and not to talk for for more than I expected to do but okay <laughs> I tried so I think I think I like several things that you can do inside PyCharm EDU. First, adds that now it's possible to combine theory tasks with coding exercises. Because when I'm learning something on, I don't know, anywhere, and it's, if it's coding, so I, got, I get tired of switching between browser, back to editor, then back to check. And for me, it's 
it's not really like bad. You can split the screen and so on, but a little bit frustrating. But here you just can combine this theory with coding and you can just say strings in Python is that and that. And then you just write your first string and it will be next. And you can just do this gradually in, in the same project, in the same course. Then I like uh, ways to, to guide students when you want they to solve the task. You can, in your code editor, you can provide the template that uh, student should modify, like first function, just make this function return the right thing. And you can draw like placeholder the, to tell which part of these template are intended to be modified and this is why way of guidance another one is to provide one second yeah. is that the insert live template feature and answer the... placeholders yeah oh, okay cool it's answer placeholders it's just where you can select some part of the text of your template and on the right click you will see answer placeholders menu and then you can just say expected text and Cool. Add that into class challenges. Option. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I did this, Valentine. You have to wait for me. You have to wait for me. I, I think of these curriculum as we go. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, cool. really, it's really interesting because a lot of the challenges that we do are things where it's okay, update this function, and then we might have some other code that we provide for them yeah. to exercise that function and see that it's working the way that they expect. Does it provide the right output? And it's really fascinating that will provide, tell them just update the function and they'll end up like writing, rewriting the entire thing. And they're like, I don't understand. <laughs> right. yeah, Do not, not change allowed. the code underneath. And they're like, but it's not working this error. And they're trying to debug everything in the entire yeah. file. So yeah. that's a great Your option. Your code doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Your code's horrible, Mr. Tiber. I'm rechanging. <laughs> Top comment on the every online course that the answers are wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, another, Another thing, another way to to, to help accept this uh, like restriction of the modification area is to provide students with hints. So you can in task description you can say modify this function. But if you have any problems, just expand this hint or expand that hint. You can have several of them from from uh, easiest to the like to the answer almost. I like I like that because you definitely can tell the kind of student. There's the ones yeah. that goes goes and immediately expands every single hint and looks yeah. at, all, at all of them, and then you have the other ones who are like, "I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look." <laughs> yeah. And I can, I think you can guess which kind of person Kelly is when yeah. when she's coding. She's <laughs> definitely not the first kind. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> so question real quick. Are all these features are things, sorry, going back to courses. I'm yeah, really yeah. stuck on courses because I'm really excited about that. Can kids, can kids develop courses as well? Oh, uh, wh why not? So why not? I, I, I think. I, <laughs> I like think, that answer. Why, why, why not? not? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's maybe, maybe they will need some some guidance in sharing and that's this kind of stuff and some kind of introduction of how to do this but we have uh, we have educator star guide uh, which explains the basic things like we with to start with just to start with and i think using it we, the students also can do kids also can do this but if they don't 
contact us say it's it's not true or we don't understand why why the, why i'm just thinking I'm thinking oh, yeah. like, because when we install, we install as a learner or an educator. So does it come, is there a different feature when we install the ID as a, as an educator or? Um, actually it's, ID contains both, both features for okay. a student and for, for educators and you can switch between them. It's not really open functionality because we didn't want for students to accidentally switch to educators and see more of functions that they just don't want it no mm -hmm. secret here no secret here but just <laughs> just we wanted to make it simple yeah so but but it's possible it's all in one and you don't have you don't have to reinstall it no, don't no need to yeah cool very cool very cool. Yeah. I, I really like, like the way that this is organized and I could, I really, it made me think about like, couldn't we have something where the students in the seventh grade develop the course for the kids that are in the sixth grade yeah. or oh, to yeah. keep going, you uh -huh. know, they're designing for the students before them. I think that could be a really great way of, of helping them highlight what's important in their learning for students yeah. who will be coming along after oh. them. Yeah, Even I just got scared. No, no, I just got scared because I, Brian, Brian will probably be happy. I just scrolled across the writing test feature. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, I got to learn. <laughs> yeah. It's on my to do but, list. <laughs> yeah, but it, it will sim simplify, uh, simplify maybe your life. Not, not, to, not, not right at the moment, but. In the, future. <laughs> in the future when i learn how to do it one yeah writing <laughs> test is not my favorite thing but okay it's not about that all right okay uh, so something yeah i want to i also i wanted to share about this feature instant check-in it's can uh, yeah it's about test yourself uh, so it test themselves so you can as a teacher you can write tests um, with messages some for every test and they will be shown to students and to to help them somehow like not test number 31 is fail but something like you have problems with this type with this type of data and so on and let me let me yeah. clarify because I, if anyone's like me when i first met brian onkid he was telling us about tests i did think they were and i, I will call this out because it's on it's on uh it's on our podcast. Okay. <laughs> it was just, no, we don't have any tests. We're not talking about the, for all the new coders, we're not talking about multiple choice tests. It's the test that checks the code to make sure that they, and Sean will have to explain it, that it's running correctly or it's doing what it's supposed to do. So just yeah. clarifying for anyone who was out there two years ago, like me, who didn't know what a test was. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's a lot to learn. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's really important too because we've spent a lot of time this year working with our students. They're using PyTest to check the answers to some of their coding challenges, and it, the ability for a teacher to rewrite the response based on how the test fails is a really critical feature because for a lot of students, especially at the beginning, this may be the first time that they're encountering the test. So if you can put in, here's a link to more information about this error or what this error usually means, like a, a name error in Python is most of the time a typo, but yeah. they think it's something much more 
dramatic and severe oh no it's it's a problem and, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah like they go from crazy. yeah they go from zero to omg really fast <laughs> and so no no you probably just have a typo and and so you could add these things in. and i think it's a really good practice for teachers and for people who are writing these tests for their courses to think about the student sitting in the seat what kinds of information do you want them to have to be able to resolve this error now, but then also to learn how to resolve this error in the future, because this is probably not the last name error they're going to get or not the last type error. And even though there are some really cool things coming in the next version of Python for making the errors more human readable and approachable, we have a bit that we can do to make it easier for the students to learn from those errors. Yeah, yeah. But just just in case, if you're if you can try tests now, it's not a problem because you have you still can use answer placeholders. This feature when you just when you just say what answer exactly expected, what kind of code is expected. So it's it's not you don't have to write tests even if you if you want to use PyCharm media now. No, <laughs> it's it's feature. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and the last thing about features to use that uh, it's about sharing that now you can share it privately via zip archive or another option that you can publish your course. We just recently launched that, that way of sharing. We use the same platform is that is used in JetBrains to share plugins. Mm. And uh, now we have there even courses. It's called JetBrains Marketplace. And now we have there not only JetBrains plugins, but also courses. And now here is only our courses because we just launched it. But if you want to just publish your course, you can, you can create it in, in PyCharm EDU, publish, and yeah. I, that's definitely giving me some ideas for things that we could potentially make. And I think for Kelly and I, one of the things that we have a lot of interest in is helping teachers become more effective at teaching, yeah. specifically with coding. So maybe maybe we should think about a course that's for <laughs> how to teach Python or how to teach coding. I think that could be really good. I am. I'm looking at that. that if anyone's out there listening, if you guys haven't jumped on to the plugins plugins.jetbrains.com yeah, marketplace. It goes on and on. There is an introduction to a Python course on there, right? And is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is that totally? That's just totally free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now all the courses that we have and they are free on marketplace, and they will be. But we have plans to allow people to sell their course, their courses there. It's just future future plans. It's not it's not there um, now, but we have and our marketing team is really interested in people who have the experience in sharing their courses and if you're listening to us just contact us please and we would be happy to have a talk and share experience and you can influence as we discussed before the ways that we will develop cool very cool that's really you- great I- that's really great there's a i i love that there's such an emphasis on education and learning within the Python community and and specifically from JetBrains, that this is something that's important and something that you've made a mission for the company is not just to sell software, but to help developers become more developed. And yeah, I think that's a really yeah. great, a really great mission. Yeah, we really do it. And yeah. yeah. 
It's, I'm just, I'm just blown away. Sorry. I've been using PyCharm, but we never really go into the website and there we, I know I have a book even, we have a book on our bookshelf. I don't, <laughs> and it's just very exciting because you can get stuck. And I feel like this is a slang. This is a very English waitress slang, but you get into the weeds, which means you just get deeper and deeper and, okay. <laughs> and deeper into it. this website. <laughs> so definitely have a look at that. So cool. Any other new features you mentioned the marketplace with courses that, you know, hopefully will be for, for purchase soon, yeah. any other new features on the roadmap, any teases or sneak peeks of things that you're working on or that are upcoming that you're excited about? Yeah, I, I, we have a feature that we recently launched and more or less recently, I have problems in time with time now during pandemic times, I say like yesterday and it's, <laughs> it's everything not today. So <laughs> yeah, we launched the integration with our project-based learning platform. And I really, I, I'm a huge fan of project-based learning because for me, the one thing in programming that I like is the like straight result that I, I see, like instant result that, okay, I do it for this and now it works. So I, uh, sometimes it's interesting to just learn things because they are interesting themselves, but I, I, I like, uh, I like instant, like I know what I'm doing and it will work. And so we, we launched the things and we continue to develop it and it's big applause from the audience <laughs> for project-based learning. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Alexander. You can treat it, but I can. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're so... going to have to have you come back for all of our live streams, Valentina. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so it's called JetBrains Academy and it's now it's for, it's not for teachers, uh, but it's for people who want to learn something to write to create their own projects and it's for different languages but now it's for python it has two python tracks for beginners and for more like developers and also you know, we really want to to know your feedback and what you think about it and if you just want to try it we have a, a special like a one month free trial for people who never tried it before and listen to this podcast so just please Go. I think the link should be in description or something. Uh, so that's what just, we, yeah. I just posted the link to the live chat also. It has all of our extra tracking metrics on it to let JetBrains know that you heard about it on Teaching Python. We'll also put it in the show notes, but for those of you who are watching on the live stream now, give the link a click and check it out. It's for new registrants on JetBrains Academy. Yeah. And yeah. it's for yeah. one month, Valentina, yeah. one month free. Yeah, yeah. We have default seven days trial. And this is for one month. And actually, if you're working on your project, you can extend it by your trial by two months. So, yeah. But we it was a huge dream for us to just have something project-based. And we are really happy that we have now. And we develop in our integration. And so uh, really looking for uh, feedback and these kind of things. Well, luckily our, our listeners are pretty good about speaking up and saying, this is great, or this needs work. So <laughs> if you want feedback, we, we have some help for you. <laughs> cool, cool. cool. I think we're, we're just about coming up to the end of our time together. And I, I have to say, this has been a really great education for me because I tend to gravitate more towards VS code for my day-to-day -day work. And, but the best thing about 
teaching now for a few years and having some of the same students that are growing is that they're all starting to grow into new tools like JetBrains and PyCharm, like VS Code. And so to have this kind of deeper look at what's possible, especially with the EDU edition from a teaching perspective is really helpful. And it's, and you can see where there's a lot of great tools for the classroom and for the after school programs and for the individual learner and all of these different ways that you can use PyCharm for teaching and learning. And, and even if you're using PyCharm professional community to be able to add EDU tools to it really quickly and easily is a really wonderful feature and a great way of thinking about the teaching side of this. Yeah. And just to plug in add, I mean, without all the extra bits and bobs and stuff for me, it's, it was just an, it's an easy open. I'm going to highlight again that the, you open it up, you go into the terminal in the bottom. I'm I'm probably using about 1% of what is out there for PyCharm, but it, for me, it works. I know how I have my files all in my VNV, all nice there. So it's worth trying out, even if you're a Visual Studio Code learn user or um, a Jupyter Notebook, I think forcing yourself to learn a new editor and to, to you know, learn something new is always a bonus so that you can help your students. Yeah. And I, I also saw this uh, note come up in the chat. It's kind of a longer one. But what I really liked about this comment from LaRogue on, on Twitch is that he got a bundle of, of PyCharm Pro and he's been using it ever since, or he or she, sorry. And says, I don't have to worry about configuring a lot in my ID or just having to learn the ID. Vim, I'm looking at you. And just loves PyCharm. And I think that that's the sign of a really good editor is that when you need the feature, it's there. When you don't need it, it gets out of the way and lets you focus on what you're trying to accomplish, that project or that bit of code or finding that bug. So I thought that was a really cool comment and kind of gets to what you're talking about, Kelly, which is you should be able to learn it and feel like it's helping you. And if it starts to become cumbersome or gets in the way, it's not helping you anymore. Yeah. And that little light bulb always helps me. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Actually, I'm like, why is it there? Gosh, darn it. What did no I do way. wrong? <laughs> it's beautiful code. Come away. <laughs> but I just wanted about the feature one comment because when I was starting programming and using that PyCharm by IntelliJ IDEA, I was, it was always for me quite a surprise because I started to think about the programming I want to do this. How would I call this feature? And I just, okay, and it was there. So it was there, just I wanted that kind of refactoring on this kind uh, of thing, and it was there. And I just believed if I want something, I just want to wish it. I have to wish it, and it will be in my hands. That's, That's very cool. cool. We have we have some nice shout outs from the audience. JetBrains Academy is awesome. Thank you so much for that. We have, you know, from Alexander, big thanks for the stream. Make education great again with new great tools. That's awesome. We totally agree. Zibadenko on YouTube says you're doing amazing things, Valentina, and looking forward to seeing all these new features and courses. And a huge thanks to JetBrains for the social initiative. I completely agree. Ilner from, from JetBrains has given a little bit more information about JetBrains Academy, so we'll post this in the show notes too. I think there's just a lot of really great comments happening in the live stream. I, I know that we haven't really done a lot of these live streams before, but I don't I'm think so this will be the last one. I'm so <laughs> glad you're doing that. I'm just sitting back here enjoying going and looking at the website and Sean's <laughs> having to manage everything. I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting you on Good screen job. sharing duty. I'm job. putting you on screen sharing duty next time, Kelly. You have to share screens and show people what we're doing. 
Uh, all right. Well, so if people want to learn more, we've got the link to JetBrains Academy. They, they can download the uh, PyCharm EDU as a package from the PyCharm website. We'll put a link to that as well. If you already have PyCharm, if you're in PyCharm right now, why not go over to the plugin section and add the EDU tools? <laughs> and, and yeah, do a little bit of exploration. Valentina, if people want to know more about what you're working on or, or more tools in the EDU product for PyCharm, what's the best way for people to follow progress? Is it on Twitter? Is there a website, blog, things like that? You mean my? You mean our JetBrains CDU stuff? Yeah. Wherever uh, the best place is, whether it's following you personally on Twitter or following JetBrains. Uh, yeah. I, I think following JetBrains because I don't use really uh, Twitter now. Yeah, but I think we have we post regularly on Twitter, so just go there. It would be cool. But if you prefer, we have a blog, JetBrains blog, and you can just subscribe for news and. So it's also possible Facebook. So, yeah. Pretty much anywhere social media is found, yeah, you can find media, JetBrains. Yeah, social media. one. Who's <laughs> <laughs> your favorite one? Yes. That that sounds great for us. Let's see your upcoming events. We are. This is our second episode in the IDE series. We're going to be moving on to VS Code next time. So some good. We've already got one part of that recorded. We're going to record another part to it. And then over the summer, we're going to be um, bringing in new guests. We have a bunch of new episodes planned. Kelly and I will shift to a fully remote uh, recording setup since we won't be in the classroom over the summer. And we're looking forward to just uh, taking a little bit of time to recharge and be reflective and think about this past school year and what's coming next. If you'd like to join the conversation with us and tell us a little bit more about how your experiences have gone teaching or learning over the past year or the upcoming year, the best way to do that is through our website. You can always send a, us a message that way. We're also on Twitter at Teaching Python. Kelly is at Kelly Pared on Twitter, and I'm at SM Tiber. Kelly, anything else? Any other announcements or things for our? No, just our T-shirts that are we have coming. And Sean's little, it's really cute. <laughs> I can't yeah, see like it. It. Yeah. Just hooked on making them. It's fun. It's kind of like my, if I don't feel like coding or if I'm stuck on code, I turn to Illustrator and I get creative and usually that helps me to code. So if you ever get stuck, draw, I, I do like to promote that. So no, nothing else. <laughs> Okay. I think I think one of the other things that we're looking at launching this summer, and we'll work on specific dates, is we're going to launch some new tiers for our Patreon supporters. And one of the things that we're looking at is adding some tiers that include like a t-shirt of the month club, extra coffee mugs, some of these things that Kelly's been designing so that you can have a little bit of teaching Python swag in your uh, workplace, wherever that is, whether that's your garage like me, uh, <laughs> your office at home or your office in a building somewhere, we'd love to send a little bit of teaching Python to you. So keep an eye out for that. We'll be announcing that on the website and through Twitter once it's ready, but we have a little bit of work to do. And, and right now, as you can imagine, with seven days left of school, our yeah. bandwidth is a bit, is a bit tight. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Valentina, thank you so much for joining us. I hope we stay in touch and we'd love to have you come yeah. back um, later and talk more about PyCharm and, and how these great tools can be used to make learning even better. So for Teaching Python, this is Sean. And this is Kelly signing off. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.